The science of reading. It's a brand new thing. And guess what it's called? I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode of Right Angles brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. And gentlemen, it's called Phonics. And Phonics I've heard is, of that. is making a big comeback. Thanks in part to Republican uh, legislators and the Republican governor of Tennessee. Um, they have mandated training in what they now call the science of reading uh, for some for teachers across the state, uh, largely K through three uh, third grade teachers. And some 40,000 teachers have already been through this training for a return to what we used to say back in the day, which was sound it out. Sound it out if you're trying to figure out what a word is. Um, and so, but the interesting thing, gentlemen, is not the K through three instruction in phonics. The interesting thing is a school district in Shelby County that has decided to incorporate phonics in high school instruction in every class. Every class begins with 15 minutes of breaking down words so that students can understand where they come from. And that includes that's, biology class. You know, That sounds like a burning ship to me, man. That, yeah. that, if you have to do that every class for 15, 15 minutes, that sounds like a but, problem uh, area. I, I, I learned, obviously I learned phonics. And when I came to, I learned phonics in, in Bermuda in British schools and and when I came to America and found out that they weren't teaching it, I was I was genuinely I was amazed. It's like, what do you mean? Well, we hold up a word, right, and then and then we tell you what the word means, and then you make the association. So, what you have to memorize the shape of this this thing is that what you're doing? You might as well put a caterpillar up there or some other kind of hieroglyphics. You're telling me that that's how it works? Mm -hmm. Yep. See these funny squiggles? That's dog. See this? That's elephant. See this? That's steering committee. And and there's simply incredible to me. I think the people that are talking about, hey, we're going to rediscover phonics, they, they ought to next look into whether or not a, a spinning disc might be used to move large, heavy masses across a flat surface with, with relative ease, you know? I, I just don't, I, I don't get how something like that ever well, is not taught. It now. is a, yeah, that, why, why was it not being done? The approach for the last decade or so, more than that actually, has been something called balanced literacy. That involves some phonics, but there was a lot of um, the, you know, the teacher focus on learning, fostering a love of books and storytelling and context clues where you would try to figure out from the picture on the page what the oh, words may be about. That and uh, the result of that- just teaching them how to read? Yeah. Well, the result of that has been um, that a, a large number of eighth graders, um, this is in the, uh, in the United States, 66% of eighth graders are not proficient in English. Nearly one in three are below basic, meaning just basic uh, reading ability or English ability. And this cuts across demographics. It's not just poor kids. However, in Memphis, Shelby County, uh, Tennessee, 30% um, uh, of, of more than 30% of the students are below poverty. About half of those students are reading at below a basic level. Most of them are not proficient. There's very few proficient. Um, and in, in the particular high school called Oak Haven that they highlighted in this article I read, 73% of students are economically disadvantaged, mostly black, some growing uh, Latinos in those classes. But I thought it was fascinating that they basically said, 
let's go back to breaking down the structure, kind of the physics of the language. And students are are, are learning how to read. Of course, <laughs> learning they are. how to because say things. Because it They're works. Like, and we've known Shocked. it works. Um, I don't know what grade level uh, Dr. Seuss books or the, that kind of thing is supposed to be. Um, all I know is one of the, the great memories of my childhood was I had like this, I was in this Dr. Seuss, whatever the publisher is, because it wasn't a, just Dr. Seuss. It was a Berenstain Bears, all that stuff that was published in the same same format by the same people, like a, a book of the month club for little kids. And I always had a parent or a grandparent reading me these books from the time I was I don't even know. It was since before I have memories. And I'll never forget this. I was, I think, three and a half years old as one of my very earliest memories. I was sitting on uh, the big chair with my dad. He was reading me a Berenstain Bears book. And I said, Dad, I can read this. And he stopped reading. And I took over and read the rest of the book. And so by the time I started kindergarten, I was already reading at whatever reading level, those line of books are supposed to be. I, I don't actually know. Um, but what I know is I learned phonetically because that's, a, that's, that's, that's another thing I remember was, you know, sounded out, sounded out. I can't remember how many times I was having trouble with a word and I'd hear sounded out and I would sound it out. And the other is that uh, that 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 time and caring that's displayed. I mean, I had a screwed up family, but man, you talk about getting something right. Uh, they really, really did. Uh, you spend that time with your kids and it's not that long. It's 10 or 15 minutes uh, at bedtime every night. It's not that much time. When you do that, you instill that love. You don't, you don't instill a love of books by talking about how lovely books are. You do it by spending the time with your kids. Yeah. So instead of having to, to learn hundreds of thousands, if not millions of words in the English language, all you have to do is memorize 26 letters and the associated sounds, which does not come to 26, significantly less than that, right? You get these 26 things down, you can speak You can speak English. Uh, this was so deeply ingrained in me that I remember being very young when I first laughed at the first kind of adult joke that I remember hearing and somebody said, no, 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 that's 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 uh, spelled with a P as in psychology. And, and, <laughs> and I got it. And, you know, I am. I've been married to a Russian woman for six years now, and I thought I'd be speaking fluent Russian by now, but I don't speak a word of it. And the reason I don't speak a word of it is because everything I'm presented with is in Cyrillic, and I cannot sound out Cyrillic. Yeah. When you when you translate Cyrillic into Roman letters, I can speak that and make it sound close enough. You know, like if I say if I'm speaking Russian for the house is on fire, that probably do it. <laughs> and and. And that that always to me re, just reinforced how how powerful phonics is. Our Russians who grew up with Cyrillic can can obviously sound out Cyrillic. They know what those bizarre and unletter like things are actually supposed to sound like. But if you don't, you're just lost. And when I read Cyrillic, it always I always my brain always tries to do the the the, the phonics thing to it. So I look at like some like the 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 word for the Russian Ministry of Agriculture or something, and it's like. Pradelatsky, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, oh, and the Soviets got so into acronyms and compound words and stuff that they just they took Sub one of those beautiful languages and, and turn, uglified yeah. it. You know, I I still have fond memories of with my uh, my youngest child, uh, my son, 
um, my one of my two sons, I can remember sitting in the living room, and I don't know what led me to choose this, uh, but I we read the first chapter of the Gospel of John. And if you read the first chapter of the Gospel of John, you will find there are very few long words. And the ones that are in there are very easy to sound out. And so I started reading to him and then he would try to read them and sound it out. But it was like, like beginning is one of the longest words of the thing. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, you know, and it repeats and it goes. And so eventually he was able to read the entire first chapter after a relatively short period of time, just nice. by going through and sounding it out and mostly single syllable words. Um, and that was like a springboard. All of a sudden he had the toolkit. He, he could unlock everything else. And I think that's what these teachers have recognized. And what I love about it is frankly, something I think it, it, that educators have been slow to grasp. In the real world, you will have to learn a lot more than you knew coming out of school. <laughs> and the only way that you can do that is if you can read with comprehension and you can understand new words as you face them. And then if you can communicate to others, that's your key to success. Anything else, coding or management or leadership or building things or whatever, comes as a result of your ability to interpret the language, whether spoken or written, and to convey it to others. And I just love this, that some high school is saying, hey, yeah, it's biology class. Let's show you how people can do a career in biology. You need to be able to talk about it. They write academic papers. You need to read journals. You need to be able to understand a thesis when it's laid before you. And the way to do that is to decode these words, just like we're decoding the genome sequence. The part I can't bear is... So somewhere in the early early to mid 1960s, all of these educators get together and, you know, these these intellectuals and theoreticians, right? And they say, all right, so let's take a look at the American educational system. How's it doing? Well, it's number one in the world by far. People come to, to America just to study how we set up our schools. So we're first in math. Yes. First in sciences. Yes. First in English and comprehension. Absolutely. First in the world across everything. Perfect. Let's change it all. We got to put a stop and, to that. Um, yeah. That's right. And then we'll get the new math and then we'll get the, then we'll get the, you know, the C and say, uh, and, 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 and the same thing happened with child rearing, right? Dr. Spock comes along and, and all of a sudden everything that used to work doesn't anymore. And now you've got these freakazoids walking around screaming on airplanes when in back in my day, we would have chucked them out the window. And when I was flying as a boy, we had windows. You could crank them down. Um, <laughs> in the airplane. When I when I first when I first read sentences which I thought were just so idiotic, like run, Dick, run, I thought, isn't there an antibiotic that can clear that right up? No. <laughs> you know, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to say hydroxychloroquine <laughs> when I first encountered the word, but I managed to sound it out. I, you know, I actually read on the side of a soda bottle, if most, uh, like most sugar-free sodas, it's, it'll have this little warning that it'll, it'll say, phenylketonurix contains phenylalanine. And I'm like, you got to know that. Like people need to be told, <laughs> if, especially those who way, are phenylketonurics. We have a right to know. Is it, if we haven't hammered this home enough already, uh, I do a fair amount of teleprompter reading, especially when I'm doing these big history series. And um 
And whenever we get to a difficult world word or, or or a name like a Russian name or Japanese name or something, and and I'll and I'll just write it the way it's it's you know written. A good teleprompter operator will beat me to it. They will they will break it down phonetically yeah. and say yeah. you know nefuti. You know, it's like the nay, N-A-Y dash F-O-O dash T-E-E, nay fute. And it's like, oh, yeah, I could say that. Turns out it's right. Well, this particular- I don't know what a nefuti is, but but that's that's how you say it. <laughs> this school district still has a long way to go in Tennessee, uh, the Shelby, Memphis, Shelby County School District. Um, still just 21% uh, of students district-wide in the eighth grade meet the standards in English. Now, of course, they're working on students above eighth grade, uh, which is great. Um, but it said the district uh, recently received the highest rating for academic growth, and this was for the first time in seven years. So this is kind of the most improved player on your football team oh, or whatever. Good for <laughs> but them. They have not they have not been improving much for some eight years, and this new regimen goes into place um, thanks to Republican governor, Republicans in the legislature in 2021, requiring all elementary school teachers to be trained in phonics based approach, and then this Memphis high school system jumps into that that science of reading. And I just wanted to put this out there because I'm hoping other school districts will see it. There are some 12 states that have passed legislation, largely Republican-run states now, that have passed similar kinds of legislation that said, <laughs> yes, kids essentially here's what I think it's to put a button on it. This is this is what the this is what it says. Kids will have a love of reading when they are competent in it. And that's how you foster a love of reading, not by showing pretty pictures and asking about context clues and all of that as the central element of it, but making them competent mechanics of the language so that they can break it down and put it back together. And when they can do that, confidence comes from competence. When your child knows how to do something, you don't have to say attaboy. The attaboy comes from within. He feels it. He knows that he is successful. And that's how you grow strong self-esteem, which is seems to be a goal in itself for a lot of school systems. Self-esteem comes from competence at doing things like the science of reading or phonics. And I, I'm just pumped about this. Bill, you look like you wanted to say something. I was just going to say, if this trend continues where uh, red states are teaching their kids how to read and blue states continue down the path we're on, probably 15 or 20 years from now at the most, when legions of people are fleeing the blue states and heading into the red ones, they won't be able to read the sign that says stop or we'll shoot. You know, I mean, they'll, they'll, just, go, they'll just go right past it. I think I, I think Republicans states are going to set a good example, and at some point in the near future, the governors of some of the Democratic-led states are going to look to the Republican states and say, "I can has phonics." <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time and attention. Uh, by the way, uh, this whole topic was made possible by the fact that I can read. I guess you are wondering how I learned to read. No, probably not. <laughs> For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.